Hello. Hello. We're not outside, we're in the cabin. Do you know what? I don't think we've done an outside one for a while. I think we're getting soft. Well, we haven't, but we haven't done one in the cabin for a long time either. This is like winter. Do you think we're grading ourselves? Out. We're doing graduate, graded exposure back into because it's not like we haven't been outside but it's very different sitting down this is the thing outside sitting down last time, long we did, time last time we did do one outside i was cold for a long yeah. time afterwards and had to stand yeah. in the shower for a very very long time and you and you just feel oh the temperature yeah. just dropped hasn't it and it hasn't you've just sat on your ass for 40 minutes waffling on Bad yeah vibes. but otherwise the weather's been very nice this week and it's about oh, to get horrible it is massive storm on sunday but yesterday 60 oh, mile an hour winds we're getting yeah 60 miles but an hour focus on the positive man like in bulk has happened and yesterday was, nice. was properly like the first day of spring it was so amazing the sun was shining everybody was full of beans everyone was full of energy it was because the weather was still so you could focus on other needs yeah. it's like <clears throat> i've said before maslow i'm not on board with it but you you didn't have to focus on personally i need to keep warm mm. and then your instructor level of like okay i need to keep sure the, make sure the kids are warm and have eaten enough and aren't like you know jumping in the puddles at 9 30 and soaking without their clothes their, without their washing trousers and on. you know yeah, yeah, yeah waterproofs and everything <sighs> fine but you know you just it just takes that level of maybe that component of being outside and you go park that there's no wind mm. it's just sunshine yeah everybody's chilled everyone was so chilled so you could just go huh should we do this everyone's like yeah nobody was like no i don't want to do that because i <laughs> But that was also a sign of we've been with that group for a, a while. And so, admittedly, a couple of new people have joined. But that group, I think, is a testament to why the FSA says that it needs to be long-term. Because if we had just met all those kids, mm. we, we wouldn't have been able to do what we did yesterday. Which was to go on a long ramble and spot loads of spring flowers and look at snowdrops in real detail. Just went for a walk around Devon. Yeah. Just see what's out there. Yeah. And... and it was really nice to go with them and they were you know finding some footpath signs and going should we go this way and we're going yep it was there's uh, an aborigine thing called a walkabout where you intentionally walk with no direction and Tristan was talking about you know getting half lost and I think it's that thing of like actually being present enough to go well as long as we know how to get back yep which we do it's fine it's yeah. not a, it's not an issue um we should do that again in a different, different direction we and should. put more on them in terms of like where is home where is the woods Different i've asked them before home. and they were they don't know they they didn't know <laughs> and they and it made them a little bit uncomfortable oh. to not know that so <clears throat> kind of didn't bring it up mm. last time because it brought up some anxiety of like okay. oh i don't know the way home. oh we sure. did but they sure. didn't it did make me think as well mm. did you read nick lv's thing about her mini adventures oh yeah which was really nice we really see. want to get nick lv on the podcast we will yeah. at one point i'm sure at some She's point very busy yeah. But, um, look her up if you don't know her. Um, Miss Elvie's Curious School of the Wild. We've talked about an article she wrote about kind of uh, privilege and uh, financial circumstances and forest school and kit and all that kind of stuff. Um, but she wrote one about mini adventures <laughs> and actually the sort of it. It wasn't really about the adventure. It was about her sort of internal. Mod- anyway, I won't. She's doing a PhD on it. No. Yeah, go and go and look up Nick's stuff because it's very good. If you like this podcast and want to support more episodes, you can donate through Patreon. 
visit patreon.com forward slash children of the forest to show your support for the forest school podcast but that's not what we're talking about no today None of that. We are about. talking about in the in true I feel like Forest School podcast fashion. <laughs> I read something a few days ago, uh, and you have read it mm. Mm, fifteen seconds ago. Yeah. So I've got the broad overview of like I've sort of digested this. Yeah. But you made notes because you're yeah. a diligent student. Yes. Uh, we read an article which uh, was published in the Guardian on the twenty eighth of January by Wendy Berliner, who's just written a book with someone called Judith Judd. I believe they're American. Um, and the book is called How to Succeed at School, Whatever Every Parent Should Know. And the article is called... Can you remember this? Oh, it's about asking questions. Schools are killing curiosity. Why we need to stop telling children to shut up and learn. Pupils who ask lots of questions get better results, especially those from poorer homes. Can I tell you, this is a wider context thing. Yeah. But I, um, as I think a lot of British people do, have a real cl- have class worry mm-hmm. or class anxiety. Mm-hmm. And so I tried really hard to find the same... Because, you know, sometimes you find this thing and you go, it's the same article, um, the Guardian's written it, mm. the Times has written it. The, you know, it's basically whatever. a PR stunt by it's a PR, their publishing yeah. company. And it's all, stuff. you know, yeah. been churned out in the same way but in different places. Yeah. And I've tried really hard. So I was like, oh, the Guardian is quite lefty. Yeah. Um... Uh, you know, and it was already a pod, you know podcast where we're talking academically. Is there couldn't find anything mm. in in the right news? You know, it's probably because the Guardian's already got it, so they're not interested in it. Maybe, <clears throat> but just it, I just thought it was interesting that it's uh, and a topic that t- that focuses on the impact in uh, lower income families, mm. but that isn't in news directed. At lower income families, I would not say the Guardian is pitching themselves at. I mean, maybe I'm talking out my ass here, but anyway, that was I thought was interesting that it, topic, there was it? like, there was in the left lefty news. Well, the right the righty righty news is more along the Michael Gove style of thinking, which is shut up and listen and learn. Well, that's what I mean. That's people. interesting. Yeah, but anyway, the yeah. article as written. Is, do you want to talk broadly about what it's about, or do you want to go into a specific... Because um, it kind of wandered, didn't it? Go on, then. I think, well, the first bit that I remember was broadly talking about curiosity and questioning, and that um, for people in the UK who've just moved, Ofsted is now looking for, is it a broad and... Balanced Broad and balanced curriculum. So we're trying, they're attempting to move away from the scores and academic results, and they want to see a wide range of things and so they were talking about uh, children asking questions and there's a really good um, when you were reading it because you read it while I was setting mm. all the podcasting stuff mm. up and I heard you sort of making a few noises and I think it was I can take a guess at, was it the the rate at questions yeah. which was I laughed do you want to say what they were 107 questions an hour uh, which is the average number for children between 14 months and 5 years yeah. I think yeah let me just double check that. Yeah, it's that yeah, kind of age because they then five. they tend to talk about <laughs> the average. And the the top rate was it was something three uh, questions a minute. It was the top <laughs> one child at no. his peak was asking three questions a minute. My but little boy could do that had, in fifteen seconds. We've definitely had a kid here who did that. Yeah, it just what? but why? But, but why? what? But then I then there's I mean there's a level to that, isn't there? Where 
there's meaningful questions hmm. like I'm I'm trying to probe, probe for answers and then I would say my little boy is approaching three and a lot of what he does is not necessarily probing for answers he's just continuing a conversation and he knows the three or four question words mm-hmm. that that will get you to talk more yeah and then his question then isn't re- it's not related back to what you've said yeah it's like oh we're going to go to the doctors which doctors there's only one doctors yeah why or why are you <laughs> which house is it why why <laughs> when when is the yogurt and you're like that's not so <laughs> stuff like that where you go so then you ask questions back again and go why 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 do you want to know when is the yogurt do you think like, oh do, my God. do you think that's what it is do you think um, it's the children hear their parents just exasperatedly going oh, why <laughs> so they go that's what we all why, say why did you do that why did you pour what are you doing all the food on what? the floor what is this why about? did you ask me for hot chocolate three times in a row and then just watch as you poured it into the soil why are you why? doing it why are you doing that why what is that about anyway and then they go well i get asked a lot of questions let's see how you like it but then, so the next bit of the article was kind of talking about how that takes an absolute nosedive uh, once children... <clears throat> yes. Now, what I thought was interesting was it says at five it goes down, but they haven't... If I was being a um, scientific researcher about it, um, I would say that they say it, at five, between five and six, it plummets down to... I can't remember the exact number, but it I, th- doesn't, they don't I think everybody listening would say... Would would hopefully understand that like it's it takes a nerve dive and they were they were placing the blame a little bit on school and saying that it's that shut up and learn and this is the you know the system of the day and I would say it would be interesting to do that study even if it's just a you know I know social sciences are a bit of a soft science mm. and they're harder to do but to get a, a contingent Control. a contingent of home educated children <laughs> who have had no change between yeah. four and six and go. How has that changed? Mm. And to an extent, we have a little bit of that data mm. because we because of our kindergarten runs up to six. Yeah. And so we have some children. Yeah, because it could just be, actually, by that time, they have grasped a lot of understanding about the world, so they don't need to ask as many mm. questions. Yeah. But it might be that the fewer questions they ask are deeper. They're more mm. rooted in, no, but I really want to get to the crux of this thing and understand it, as yeah. opposed to, as you're yeah, saying, yeah. those kind of, but why... Uh, yeah. Where? Yeah. Just filling the void. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, they also done a study which concludes that the children that are more curious have better outcomes. They don't mm-hmm. really. They don't go into what the outcome no. is. They just go better. They do go better. And um, but they're saying that the biggest. Um, so they they've studied in kindergarten. Uh, interesting reading maths and behavior were tested in kindergarten and the thank you michael Gale. and uh the children that were more curious had better results in those fields is what they're saying um but also the children from um disadvantaged families who were more curious ended up with significantly better outcomes than mm-hmm. those from disadvantaged families who weren't curious so mm-hmm. Um, and it gives an example of a school in Bristol, which has got rid of all of their, oh, it's a nursery, got rid of all of their toys <clears throat> yep. and replaced them with open-ended um, loose parts and, you know, cardboard boxes. Cardboard, tubes, all that kind of phones, stuff. Um, and observed the effect on play, which mm-hmm. I, and I have heard about that actually in other articles I've seen. Yeah, yeah, that absolutely. That pop up um, uh, here, and, here and there. Yeah. Um, and it seems like that idea is catching on well i think that kind of the toys thing i think is 
is almost separate to questioning and curiosity because it's I think we've talked we talked about it before near the in a near Christmas we talked about it we uh, talked about yeah. deep and shallow play <laughs> and yeah. that you know just having boxes and toilet roll tubes and everything else forces deeper play because mm. you get over the shallow play of what does it do very quickly you go mm. to the toilet roll tube and you move to what could it do you want what could it do what can I do with it mm. so I wouldn't say that necessarily changes the questioning that happens i guess it's internal questioning as well so Uh if you're including that um so curiosity if you're just saying that rather than questioning then that is definitely feeding curiosity isn't it you're gonna you're looking at uh, as you say deeper play which is rooted in oh what happens if i do this oh hang Mm. on you hold this and i'll hold this what's going to happen um which would fit under curiosity which is really what this article is about as opposed to just questioning and i think there's a, there's pos- possibly, if I was coming at it from a uh, a playworking angle, mm. I would go that, that it's just giving children in that scenario a bit more time to process without high like lots of like lots of stimulating toys and lots of stimulating like uh, didactic lessons stand at the front do whatever doesn't give you a lot of time to sit and digest and go whatever but if you've got a toilet roll tube in front of you and some cardboard boxes you're not dazzled by the fact that it's got leds and it's talking to you and it's whatever else and you can go well i'm gonna play through some of my some of the stuff that happened this morning or i'm gonna play through you know something that happened to me last week at granny's and that Mm. um is good i think it's that uh, maybe consolidation is the word mm-hmm. that I think that is going to be a large factor in improving um, outcomes in yeah. quotes yeah. is the is just consolidation mm-hmm. and consolidation I think gets used in education and it just means like repeating well we were talking about that this week actually that ties in neatly I, I won, we were leading a session this week or last week mm-hmm. and you just came up to me and you said I've just a penny oh, yeah. dropped. Yeah. I've just decided I'm going to imagine that none of these children have been here before. It's making today a lot easier. And as soon as you said that to me, and I adopted that too, I was like, oh yeah, it really does. Mm. Because you might take for granted that the consolidation has happened. You know, these children have oh, been yeah. here quite a few times in quite similar situations, blah, 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 blah. I'm going to take it for granted that they understand this concept or they get this ground rule or mm-hmm. you know not that we have many um this safety um mm-hmm. you know thing and uh then some days you just get a day where nope for whatever reason uh, well, it could be an internal reason an external reason factoring the weather yeah. tiredness uh you know it's been the clocks have changed whatever all of that stuff that you thought was consolidated isn't um mm. so it often takes you know even here where we're yeah. not we don't have a, like a rigid no, 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 no. rush 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 we've got to learn these phonic sounds by this time even here, where it's oh, a lot more child-led. Oh, that's what I've been doing. Is that not what you've been doing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, crikey. Um, yeah, then, can, yeah, it needs longer time. Yeah. Going back to also what you're saying about time, so the article gives an example of a uh, lesson that's happening on the weather, and the teacher is at the front of the class with mm-hmm. some pictures of clouds, and outside there's a thunderstorm, and the children keep asking questions about the thunderstorm, and the teacher goes, not time for questions now, it's time for learning. And actually, the... The learning is happening out the window and the mm. curiosity which it's basically that she's describing child-led education isn't she really that kind of thing of like curiosity yeah. is what is, yeah. is child-led um and so the article's gonna say well you know they're gonna learn 
significantly more from engaging with the thing that's really happening that they are already interested in rather than you going well, it back, kind in the room, of, back in the room come it on. talks a little bit about well no what I was going to say is that I don't think it goes into detail enough of like this article is essentially about love of learning mm. and how you foster that versus how you squash that yeah. and then in that example they're talking about like yeah the thunderstorm outside and she's saying well that's not the outcome that the lesson plan says yeah. which is a product of schooling is a product of state education mm. I'm not going to get on my soapbox maybe I'll get on my soapbox a bit oh, later are, yeah. um, but but that is one of the things that comes with the the ratios that you get in schools mm. is that you then go okay I've got to homogenise this group because 30 free reign brains is a massive task Mm. You know, not just not just well, behaviorally, but educationally. I've, that's what I've written. I've written as a note uh, that curiosity is messy. Mm. You know, it's like messy in every way. It chucks you off timetable. It takes more time. Um, you can't plan for it. You can't plan. And you can't for, assess it. You can't assess that's it. That's the thing. And um, and it's physically messy as well. Mm-hmm. It's going to lead you down all kinds of like spillages on the floor, tramping outside, like stuff getting broken or smashed or. Oh, I didn't quite yeah. trend you to People use the feeling felt tips like that. You're stubbing the felt tips into the paper and they're not... You know, it, you know, yeah. it has the potential to and squander resources. That's and it's not even directed thing, in that I have uh, <coughs> seen people uh, teaching in classes and, and uh, like we say, the lots of education is on a spectrum and, and you might see some... So I've seen some examples where people go... We're going to talk about... Actually, I did this as a teacher. Let's put, let's put me in it. So we went, oh, the topic this week is... This, this half term is France, right? And then you get the kids to write down... You write down the questions. We'll stick them all on the board yeah, and we'll yeah. see what we've done what by I, the end of the I half know, term. What I want to know. Yeah, that kind of bullshit, right? But what that doesn't account for is someone who has absolutely fuck-all interest in France. Mm. And that... You, it's on that spectrum. Yes, I have moved maybe one notch on the dial away from like, here's what you're going to learn about France. Mm. But if we take the scope of the world, the universe and everything, mm. <laughs> I haven't really moved the dial, have I? I've, it's almost like a bit of theatre to go, oh, the children have decided oh, they're learning. Because I can but remember actually, doing the same thing and walking around the class looking over the kids' shoulders at their books. It's a secondary level. And it's a, we're not again, doing your question. <laughs> we're not doing your question, mate. Well, no, not, no, 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 not that. Um, that start off topic, like Shakespeare. Always yeah. do it with Shakespeare. So, what do you already do? Come on, let's mind map. If buddy, he what, was bold. What do we know about Shakespeare? And what would I, what would I like to know about Shakespeare? And so you go around to look at people's books, and if they haven't written anything for what would I like to know, which had definitely an acronym, wa, wa, ala. Well, wild, I don't know, or something else. Okay. And if they I have you were written a stroke. You said that to me. <laughs> you said that. To me. <laughs> I said it to you because you typed absolute gibberish to me. We have uh, Gemma and I were doing some planning or something, oh. and she just the message came up three in a row, and it had like semicolons in it and question marks, and I just thought, oh, quite- okay, she's gone. I'm running the business on my own now. This is it. Oh, I was quite tired. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, where was I? Yeah, if they hadn't written anything for what would I like to know, uh-huh. I'd be like, come on! <laughs> you must want to! <laughs> Write your answer! What would you like to know? Come on! There must be something. And like back to your point, no, I have literally no interest yeah. and I don't want to know anything really. I'd rather be outside. So I think there's, a, and there's an interesting thing between um, your experience in secondary and my experience in primary where um, 
I would say that by the time you're in secondary school, you've got a little bit more of a cultural radar. Yeah. In that you might know who Shakespeare is, but but go, no, I'm not interested in it, right? But in primary school, and lots of forest school happen, takes place in primary settings, um, there is genuinely a thing of like, I have no... You might have just gone, well, tell me what you know about Gobdegank. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's so culturally off the radar mm. that in a primary setting, you there's a lot more that is just like, well, of course you're not going to be interested in this thing because you don't know anything about the thing. And, and that is different. Yeah. yeah, I was just thinking about... Um, how we start our sessions with circle time and go round, and it's just a kind of like little icebreakery, nice yeah, get yeah. to know ya kind of moment of. Uh, but sometimes it will introduce like a um, a theme that we might be doing that day, <laughs> and so sometimes we'll ask a question like, uh, "What's your favourite bird?" Whatever, and I always slightly, I'm like slightly on edge in terms of those people who like not none of their time in the day is spent thinking about birds so that's going to be like (laughs) 60% of my day it's kind of similar I've just made that click you don't do it that often but um, and sometimes I think you say it can be like a species or it can be like a bird that you know like maybe you've got a pet chicken or it's a bird on telly or something so that makes that softens it a bit but that's but that see that (laughs) is my primary teacher coming out where I go I need to get you personally invested in this yeah and like we say, you've got to meet them where they are on the journey. Yeah. And part of that is me assess- assessing, like I'm sat there with a clipboard, but kind of judging, judging, fuck. Um, <laughs> just finding me- out. Just finding out where people where, are yeah. and okay. where the yeah, group is yeah. and going, you know, there was somebody the other day who, now we asked quite a big one. Yeah. Uh, about I'm, I was just about to say that like you're absolutely right that it kind of gives you a picture of where people are doesn't it so if somebody says oh a song thrush is my favourite bird because I've heard it recently doing its three yeah, uh, repeated yeah, yeah. Fra- refrains and so then you're like oh, okay cool you already know that or yeah. then you can also elicit information from them and go okay cool tell us more about that and like, yeah, yeah. share that with the group and that's really nice that you're kind of collectively learning on a journey together which I really like um, but there's also the just to jump in, there's the part of the um, the Coyote Guide for anybody that's read the Coyote Guide, and their recommendation or one of the things they say they do is that after a morning circle and routine and sort of um, welcome, is that you engage the group with a personal story, which I think is some as part of the what elicits questions and interest. Is personal like, story from your own from your own thing so like we and we do it all the time <clears throat> so when we go around the circle sometimes we might say like oh favourite flower mm. right let's go around and we'll do favourite flower because it can just be like mm. whatever else it's kind of non-Camille but we normally try and uh, some well not normally sometimes it ends up that you've started and because I'm sat next to you it goes all the way around the circle and the last person is me and I get to talk about a flower that's in the woods, mm. and I'm giving a per- not a person, not just a personal like mm. I was running and I was doing this thing. Of then I'm going, it's over there if you want to go and see it, and yeah. I've made this personal connection and personal story and mm. linked it in to what we're doing, and that is sometimes a way in of going, if you know, say woodland flowers are not on your radar at all. That's yeah. just not like you're saying. People, how long do people spend thinking about birds? Mm. But if you get around the story and, I, and we go, the crows that live up there, mm. they've been having a fight with the buzzards. And actually, we were here the other day and they went crazy and they yeah. shouted that thing. It's a couple of minutes, yeah. but it immediately makes you go, that is here. Yeah. That is an experience that we've had. And that 
then can get you into, oh, which tree was it? Oh, why, why do you think they were doing that? And what do you, you know, I think there's, there's something to be said for giving a little bit yeah. to elicit a lot back. Definitely. I was going to put a question out to you and to the listeners too. Like if we accept that uh, curiosity is good and needs to be fostered, like we would probably all um, acknowledge and agree. And I was trying to remember who it was that I read that said this and it was Michael Follett from Mopal who I often uh-huh. talk about um, talks about how questioning increases when you go outside because there's just so much to ask questions about you've got all that free time like forest school is a, it's fueled by curiosity I would say mm-hmm. um, so we all accept that but then I was going to ask if we all accept that how how do we what do we do to make sure that we are keeping that alive? So you can you can rest on your laurels and go, oh yeah, cool, QRC will just like happen because we're outside and we're mm-hmm. like great facilitators. Mm-hmm. But if you were going to have a bit of a drive, like maybe there were some kids who you noticed weren't really curious for whatever reason, weren't showing that, how do you help people to be curious? Well, I think I've kind of answered that yeah. with a personal story. In a per- <laughs> because yeah. I would say for older children, so like our Saturday groups when they're a bit older... Um, the curiosity doesn't necessarily naturally happen Mm -hmm. and we have some children who who have been before who um, their play is just social Mm -hmm. they're not interested in the outdoor world Mm -hmm. in in the outside world they're not not interested in any kind of woodworking or whatever actually what they want to do is play this game of like army boys mm-hmm. right and that's their game it just so happens that the outdoors is a good it happens to be that they're here yeah. they could be doing it on a paintball site they could be doing it on a whatever and that mm. that's a thing where you could they though I don't know I'm not sure about that okay but what, do you know what yeah. I mean they're not yeah. in the same way in a different way that you might go like well, someone was very curious about these harlequin ladybirds mm. and we looked at them and we looked at the larvae stage and all these things mm. it's a very different thing to like cool you came to a two hour session and you played castles mm-hmm. and knights and you know shot bows and arrows you happen to be here mm. but it was more of a backdrop to your play than a um a fuel to your play but then whether how much stuff goes in subconsciously how much of it is well that's what you I was, as you were talking i was like oh, i don't know i'm sure there are instances where that's correct but i would say i would perhaps argue that if you were able to uh, observe that play really closely without yourself being seen. So mm-hmm. imagine. As I sometimes do. <laughs> I um, like, you know, cameras up everywhere, um, lapel mics on all of the children. Yes, and yes, long distance for a school. Yes. Um, whether, because we talk a lot about like the environment being the third teacher, mm-hmm. don't we? Mm-hmm. And I wonder whether you can truly say that there is any play that happens at Forest School that is incidental to being in the woods, whether it's always going to be influenced by the surroundings and the weather and the stimuli that are there outside in the woods so i yeah mm. i would argue that you can't it's very but maybe very it's a spectrum difficult. maybe it's the, uh, yeah. with all things yeah. it's a spectrum and some play is very deep deeply fueled by the natural space and some play is very yeah. shallowly shallowly really. and for each player it's going to be different as well so oh, some yeah. are completely, in the same game yeah they're all yeah. in the same game yeah and they're all completely immersed, but for some of those children, their responses and their play activity is going to be more influenced by what they're seeing, smelling, hearing around them in this natural space than mm. others, whereas others will be, yeah, could be on a tarmac playground. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about that game. I wasn't there, but you described it to me, which was that game of castles and tribes mm-hmm. and all the rest of it, and then evolved into Woodlouse Habitat. 
Oh, mental. If you'd look, if you had looked at it from a distance, there were some boys, and they had set up a camp, and uh, I was basically uh, harassing them. Every now and again, I'd try and sneak up, and they'd go, they'd spot me, and they'd go, Lewis is coming, and they'd all chase me away. You were and I was, we were playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, and then after a little while. I just put my hands in the air. And went, oh, I'm just coming for a visit. I'm just a, I'm just a tourist. Yeah. yeah. I came over and in the base, the base in quotes, yeah. they'd set up a woodlouse sanctuary yeah. and they were there going, oh, do you want tickets to sit? And we're just putting some water in yeah. and we've we've got some um, we've got some dark leaves and then I told and then I said, oh, well, they might want some punky wood yeah. and they'd never heard of what punky wood was. So we went on a little explore. Yeah. And on the outside, you'd have looked at it and gone, right, they they're 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 boys. They've made a base and now they're yeah. defending the base and then. Inside it yeah. was this whole other microcosm. It was crazy. Oh, see, what is that if not the environment completely? Oh, absolutely. Fueling that and fueling the the curiosity, yeah. and it will just be one part. I think it's um, it's hard to be curious. Going back to kind of needs and anxiety, it's very hard to be curious if your levels of anxiety are high. You don't feel safe, or mm-hmm. you're cold, or you're hungry, or whatever. It's one of those things that happens when you're feeling pretty okay. It's very hard. It's like a bit of your brain i think I, I would say okay so then the question is um where is the difference between a, a curious question of oh what's over there mm. and an anxious question of what's over there mm. and how you know are they different yeah, things i'll tell you why I think go different. on because i think the what's over there is getting prepared for fight or flight yeah which, absolutely yeah, in yeah. which case it is not um, I mean, you're definitely going to learn something from that experience. Like, mm-hmm. holy crap, it's a bear and I'm scared and I'm going to leg it. I'm going to poo my pants. <laughs> Evacuate. Evacuate. Puke and poo. And then run. Right? That sounds like a plan that you've thought of before. It is. That's what I do when I see a bear. But um, <laughs> so you, can, you can definitely learn from that, right? But, I have learned. I have learned yeah. a lot from this. However, if it's like, oh, what's over there? Then that is a that's a question that is a beginning of a journey which will go oh it's this and what happens when I interact with this thing and I thought oh and now oh, I can I, do this I with pull this myself. thing and I, I won't pull myself <laughs> I don't need to okay I keep it all in it's fine and then that leads to potentially sometimes not because you go oh it's that thing oh, I'm not interested in that thing right now mm-hmm. but that's going to lead to a longer if you talk about like deep play focus. Um, being you know in the moment and uh, in flow and all that kind of shimizzle that's going to happen with the oh what's over there rather than mm. the holy shit what's up do you think that um so we talked to when we were, when we were talking to um tristan uh in the other podcast we were saying about how do you not just like v- vomit out everything you know mm. so do you think that your response to questions that direct questions that children ask you is a way that you can either fuel or stamp out questioning you know definitely yeah and that is so tricky that line is so hard isn't it in terms Mm. of like depends on the age of the child what what they're you know what you know about them and how their history of questioning and how deep your knowledge is yeah yeah, because it might be that they go what is that and you genuinely have no idea yeah i don't know let's have a look let's look it up together or you know um, and that's cool. I love those moments. But I agree that sometimes you you take a step back and you go, well, I completely know the answer. Mm. But what's going to benefit them is is me going, oh, this. They yeah. eat this. That's the answer. To treatment. Or is it? Or do you pretend you don't know? And you go, oh, I don't know. What do you think? Let's have a look around. Mm. 
and you question them back again. So there's Ar- there's um, <coughs> Arist- uh, is it called Aristotle questioning? Yeah. Or, or it's something like that, isn't it? Yeah. Where you just answer every question with a question, and you just they just go, "What is it?" And you go, "Oh, what do you think it is?" Or, mm. "Oh, why is it doing that?" And you go, "Why do you think it's doing that?" Which is, if you do it too much, is like. Okay, well, fuck you then. You're not you're not a resource for anything. Mm-hmm. And I cannot remember. I need to look it up again. There's another thing where you um, you basically uh, what's the word? Like verbalize your thought process. Yeah. So yeah, you would yeah. go, if I thought it was a pine tree, I'd be looking at the needles. Yes. And that is a bit like the personal story at the start. It's a bit of information to go on, mm. but it in no way implies that one that you're right. It doesn't imply that you know what it is, and it also um, like facilitates them to go find the answer on their own, mm. which I think is really yeah. powerful to be able to you know if they'll go, what is that bird? And you go, oh, well, I'd be looking at its at its neck shape and its wingspan if I was trying to work out what what kind of mm. whether it was a bird of prey or not, and they can mm. go, oh well, I'd be doing that and that. But but that's a thing that you as a leader you have to practice doing oh, yourself to that. not just be like. It's a ladybird. Why? Mm. How do you know it's a lady? You know, and then yeah. if you try and go, how do I know it's a ladybird? And you go, because it's a ladybird. Yeah, yeah. Because like, the, that method of answering the question is not only uh, helping that person with the answer, but helping them how to find fut- it out in next future time answers for themselves. As well. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that. And that's the thing. I think we've done that a lot before. We have. And then. And maybe have forgotten to do it quite so much recently. It's, I have. I think with different cho- different children, you are, you take a different approach, mm. and sometimes, uh, I mean, it's one of those like sixth sense teaching things that you go, you just need a short answer right mm. now, mm-hmm. or you go, this might be where you take the two hour session. So I'm going to give you a yeah, different answer, yeah, yeah. and that will change on the child, that will change on God. the weather, that will change on everything. You know, sometimes you, know. you get those moments where you're like, "Oh my God, this all I've got, got a, a big responsibility here for these children and uh-huh. they're learning." Uh-huh. And what you've just said just made me think of that in terms of like how you answer a question will direct the flow of that entire session yeah. because you either fuel that curiosity or you kill it. You know, it's mm-hmm. like they've asked me a question. If I answer this in the right way, we could, as you say, spend a two-hour journey together mm. bringing more people in with us as we go probably because they'll just pick up our, our enthusiasm and our journey mm. and there's a lot of this kind of I love those moments where you get both us and the kids go hey guys come and look at this hey guys you know yeah. that moment and everyone goes oh, what what have they found you know um, or you answer the question in such a way that's like oh okay well, well this is where I think and I would imagine a lot of um, forest school leaders feel the same is where I just want to be able to uh if I could learn a skill, I would learn uh, mitosis, which I know that you do on a small scale. But what I want to be able to do is when someone goes, um, why, is the, why is the thing over here? Right. I don't want to have to, which you do sometimes have to give the answer of, I'm just doing knife work with these guys right now. Mm-hmm. I'll be with you in a minute. Yeah. I, would, I just want to be able to go... Yeah. And there'll be another Lewis who yeah. can go and explore that tangent. Absolutely. And then someone else is going, we're going to go and build yeah. this. And I'm like, yeah, we are. Yeah. And there's another me going over and doing that. And it's yeah. just the frustration of like, I wish I could do yeah. all of these things. Yeah. Which is not a thing that you say about many jobs. No. On reflection, there's not many jobs where you go, I want to do more things. I wish in a two hour yeah. session I could do eight hours of work. Yeah. I really, I really do. And I genuinely but would love to do But then that is the benefit, it. as we always say, of there being two of us and uh, working together with one person for a long period of time. I would say we're approaching that stage in terms of like, I will say to a kid, I yeah. can't do that right now, but I know Lucy would be interested in that, so go and find him yeah. and blah, blah, blah. 
and I'll know that you will there. Y- you know. Did you know another kid fobbed you off with a job yesterday? What? When? And I, <laughs> I went and said, can you just go and check that she was okay with that? Because someone had picked up on you and I going, oh, I'm just doing this right now. Yeah. Um, I'm sure Gemma will be able to do that for you. Yeah. And two children were making um, bows. Yeah. And one child said to a, an older, so it was a, a smaller child, yeah. said to one of the bigger children, can you help me put the string on my bow? Yeah. And he walked straight past them and he went, Gemma will do it for you. <laughs> and I just stopped him and I went, can you just go and ask if Gemma's not busy? Because you've yeah. just fobbed her off with a job now that she doesn't know is happening. But I thought that was very interesting that he yeah. had maybe picked up on you and I yeah. saying that like oh I'm, I'm just doing this right now yeah go and see the other one yeah um Jesus Christ look at that raven oh yeah I know it's a raven because I'm like holy moly that is an massive. enormous cat bird it's massive and it's because we're in the cabin you see it's like a good bird hide here um and it's just on the muddy path looking around checking it out See, guys, even when we're not outside, we can still distract you with birds you can't see. Yeah. It is enormous. They have been shouting and shouting and shouting today. Um, sorry, going back, to, mildly bring it back to this article I... that in, in theory we're um, discussing, is obviously they're talking about their book. Yeah. And um, it's how did you... Well, I can't remember what the title of it is, but it's like how children succeed. How to succeed at school. What every parent should know. No. I love the type of books like that. I bought one. I Do got you? suckered in. No, I hate them. But Ugh. I got suckered in uh, with a very similarly titled Burn book. It. And it's like, here's what you need to know about schools. Like, here's the truth. And so this is how, this is like, now that you know that, you're really empowered. It's like, no, no. I'm only empowered if I decide that I'm going to remove my child from that institution. And that's it. I can kind of... Mm. You know, join the PTA and the Ethos Committee, which I'm on for both of those things for my school. And I just sit there quietly until I go, <laughs> and information bursts out of my mouth. Um, and it's all good. But uh, yeah, anyway, what were you going to say? Sorry. Well, I just think it would, I was sort of speculating on what, what I thought might be in the book and who the book would be. I know it says for parents, but sometimes that's not necessarily, you know, the what it says is not necessarily who it is actually for Mm. and I was just thinking about like you know uh, if you were going to write one for Forest School if you were going to write it from a curiosity standpoint curiosity approach no not the curiosity (laughs) approach Um, no a million times no Um, (laughs) but um, if you were going to write you know how do you foster the most curious group possible yeah. at Forest School. Yeah. What things would you well, say think, to a leader? I think we put that out to our listeners, you know. Let's chat about it. Let's chat about it on the internet. I don't know. We've just I just asked you that question, basically. And you were like, yeah, we've just been talking about it. Well, we have. And then I think, in terms because there's so many components to it, mm. that I think, you know, there's all your interactions, mm. is one. There's the natural world is another that gives you lots of other things. And then there's another thing of like ethos, I guess widely, and like how you react to questioning or to tangents informs how other children... Because they're saying this thing in school where um, the questions go straight down when they hit school. And that won't be because every child individually has had enough experiences of being told that their question isn't valid Mm. it will be a perceived ethos where they've seen enough of their friends 
touch the fire, if you like, to go, I don't touch the fire because um, Mrs. Smith uh, shouts at the children who put their hand up at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and in forest school, I think you get the idea <coughs> where if nothing but for show, you need to validate every question. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even, even if you do go, oh, I will be with you in two minutes. Yeah. So that the whole group knows that's a thing that we can do. Mm-hmm. That's, that is part of the learning. And, and um, I had a really good tip once. So a lot of forest school is based around reflection and stuff. Mm. And, um, I can't remember where it was. Oh, I do know. It was teacher training I went on. And they said, when children give you an answer to write up on the board for whatever it is. Mm. And they said, why, how demeaning is it to um, reword what a child has said mm-hmm. to you? Yeah. And that actually getting it down verbatim is empowering and validating and just kind of going like, okay, I will take exactly what you've said and I will put it on the board you know for like guys what do you want to have a look at next week and they go um the ladybird things with their wings and you go right the ladybird things with their wings right so that again nobody sat around the circle is thinking oh I want to say about doing that next week but Mm. I'm not quite sure how to say it because Mm. Lewis is going to make it he's going to change it and make it in the right way yeah which is yeah you know not ideal is it yeah I would add on to that that um you can't really for, like a bit like we we're saying about working in schools, you can't force curiosity. So I remember um, one we experimented with different ways of reflecting, haven't we, with different mm-hmm. groups? Mm-hmm. And we were, and we tried played about with the dice at one time. They do, yeah. And one oh, so all the each facet of the dice has a different word like played, enjoyed, enjoyed challenging, <clears throat> and one of them was question. Mm. And it, and so you threw the dice and and it would be, and whenever anyone got that they found it impossible to come mm. up with a question or to remember a question that they'd had in the session. Mm. It's a great idea in principle, but you can't force it. You can't go, everyone, now, be curious about something or remember yeah. a time you were curious today. Um, so it's kind of up to you, I think, as a leader to somehow log those in a yeah. way. Wouldn't yeah, that be yeah. cool? To like, throughout the day, that's a challenge. What's that? Kind of like, log the curious moments in some way mm. um, and I, uh, when, when they happen what kind of questions are happening whether it is an actual ABC it yeah antecedent behaviour consequence. consequence what did you do before yeah what, did, what was the how was the question asked and then what did you do as a consequence a of the question curiosity survey even the things that weren't successful so even log the times where somebody asked you a question and you went I can't do that right yes. now because I'm okay. using that here's the challenge in the Facebook group I'm going to make a little template yeah. and I'm going to put it in and I, if you've got five minutes print it out yeah. and do five minutes in your group of just going curiosity right I'm going to survey. observe in this specific way because yeah. I would love to see it come back yeah. and to see what que- one what questions were asked and then also we could get this massive bit of like oh and I did this with it and yeah. one of the things I was going to say <clears throat> and I think Forest School um, has it in, in droves that, and that school doesn't is um, like a, a can do attitude in response to curiosity mm-hmm. so yeah. there are very few Power. things that you would go we just and you know short of someone going oh can I forge my own axe and you would go could I drive this knife into my own finger just to see what colour my blood is yeah. can I put my hand in the sure. fire sure what happens when I shove little <laughs> Tim Tom off the edge of the cliff can do um <laughs> <laughs> but what I actually meant in a non-facetious way 
was that even if you I'm just thinking you just be <laughs> Because he hadn't consolidated. <laughs> he hadn't consolidated that I sticks in the oh, eye. Have hurt. you got any personal moments like that? Because I freaking have, right? When I was a kid, I got to, in the olden times, the dinosaurs when I was a tiny little thing. You can stop listening if you want to yeah. now. This is just personal <laughs> therapy for Gemma at this point. Um, in the olden days, camera, um, SLR camera, no digital business, right. uh, a flash, rect- big rectangular thing about the size of your hand. <laughs> You it on the top. And I was like, what will happen if I get that flash oh, and I put no. it in front of my eyes, pointing towards my eyes, and then press the button on the top with my eyes really wide open? Like, I'm really curious about that. I did it and then couldn't see for five minutes. And I'm like, she's, she's blind. Oh, yeah, I had another one about wet paint. My dad painting all of the like uh, edges around doors with gloss paint. And he went, don't touch the paint, it's wet. Well, of course you're going to touch it. Of course you're going to touch the paint. Um, but he just will still tell that story, probably, you know, on my whatever birthday, he'll still be like, I remember the time. Na, 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 na. Got any stories? Are you done? Yeah. Okay. I was actually going to say a very positive thing about Forest School, yeah. which is that if you are curious of like, how do we get across there, <clears throat> even if we don't have the perfect board, we it's like a make do and mend cobble this together right we don't have that oh we don't have a piece of rope that's long enough to get from there to there maybe we can do that yeah maybe we can you know it's it's problem solving in response to curiosity rather than putting it down and going we're not in art right now we're not in Mm. science right now or that's a thing that we do at break time not a thing that we do you know i've thought of another thing that we do which is to model being curious i think i do that you know, the thinking out loud thing, I think I quite often go out loud, I wonder what will happen if I just use the paintbrush like this instead. Mm. I wonder what, I'm going to find out what will happen if I use a stick. I yeah. I think I do that out loud and I'd probably sound mad. Yeah. But then that is a level that we've talked about before where you have to remember with some groups that because um, you, you rarely get, the way our business runs, you rarely get a like complete, clean slate mm. new group nobody has been in the woods before mm. it's always like oh half the people are on their rolling membership and mm. so there's some new people but there's some older people and there's some whatever else and um, and that means that we spiral if you like into deeper and deeper exploration mm. to the point where um it wasn't long ago it was a couple of months ago actually that i realized there's a there was a child who'd been coming to our saturday group for six months and had never made a fire Mm. because I personally had moved on from making fires Mm. into like well how do we make the char cloth how do we make the thing and Mm. you know you have to remember to sort of unwind and go ah I've got to meet you on your journey yeah and sometimes sometimes it's really helpful to verbalize your your own curiosity Mm. and sometimes it's I mean going back to what we were saying about earlier about Shakespeare you know if you're if it's so far out of the context that you suddenly went I wonder what the buzzards are decorating their nests with this year mm. you know that's that's a level where we've gone I can identify buzzards I know where the buzzards nests are I know that they do decorate them with different things every year I know that this and this and this and so sometimes that's really like 
it can be almost aspirational mm. because you go, look, there's so much depth to this. Mm. Let me show you what I'm curious about. Um, and it's good to see the curiosity, you know, good for children to see us mm. being curious. But on the flip side, they can also be quite alienated by what we're curious about because they don't have mm. the depth that we have. Yeah. And that can be a thing where you have to go, right, well, let's foster the curiosity and get it where you want you know meet you on your journey let's yeah. let's not just go well you know x person is is interested in where the uh, bees are gonna you know i don't know pollinate this year so that's what the group's gonna do mm. it's um it, it's a really tricky thing to to balance isn't it yeah. that depth and that's the thing that you again they're talking about here in a class where um you know the teacher has got a directed outcome and a learning outcome yeah but you have at least got a cohort of children who are a reasonably similar age, mm. who will have reasonably similar ex- um, experiences because they live in the same <clears throat> area and they have, you know, yeah. there's going to be um, class differences and um, mm. things like that. But to a large extent, you could go, look, Egyptians hasn't been on the curriculum yet. So mm. I'm fairly sure none of them will have yeah. this massive depth. But Forest School, you've got to be able to accommodate somebody whose mum is a bat ecology you know bat mm. survey you know head of whatever and somebody who is bringing their kid for the first time yeah. because they think well, we're a bit squeamish about mud yeah you know that's a huge that's a huge ask for forest school teachers mm. isn't it to be able to yeah. go you've got to accommodate all this curiosity but what i love about it is that that is fine so you aren't a teacher you are part of a group that's going on a learning <laughs> journey together not you but one um, and it's a learning community so rather than feeling oh god you know if somebody knows more about bats than me that's really going to show me up and I'm supposed to be the expert you can quite openly go do you know what I know nothing about bats can you please tell us about bats yeah, would yeah. you be happy to talk about bats right now and and open it up and it's got that kind of feeling that if somebody knows you know how to cook a certain thing they they will feel comfortable enough to go do you know what I can't I actually know how to cook that thing do you want me to lead that next week and yeah. you go absolutely cool that is the vibe of it that yeah. um, nobody is Put, you know putting themselves up as the expert mm. on everything in the world there are moments where you might happen to know more than somebody else about a natural thing or play theory or whatever and you can share that and they might be interested in it that's cool mm-hmm. but there will be times where yeah yeah it, it follows the interests of of the group whatever that might be yeah which is what i love there i think there's a good thing um yeah i think we've talked to this article yeah. to death yeah. i will put the uh, ABC. But maybe in the show notes. maybe it's not ABC. Maybe it's like antecedent curiosity moment and then consequence because ACC. I won- yes, I would co- I would leave it up to you as a one as a facilitator to decide what the curiosity moment is because some children won't be verbal about that. It doesn't have to necessarily be mm. a question. That's a it's a bit of a woolly grey area. <laughs> what is this? Um, <laughs> I heard Sometimes myself. you can tell, can't you? You can tell if a child is like in a... Huh. Yeah, or it might just oh, even maybe. be more eye contact. We've got some children who are fe- very physically reserved and will stand no more than six inches away from you the mm. whole time. But if you tune in and go, I'm going to see what you're curious about, mm. you might have to do it by what are you looking at mm. or what have you turned your body towards yeah. or... Or if, is the behaviour, uh, the physical behaviour, like pouring water down a chute or lifting up a rock, is that behaviour that you've seen the kid do lots of times before? So it's just a thing that they 
always do or is it like a new thing and you can see there's a kind of moment of curiosity there do you mm. know what I mean there's like a difference I reckon you could probably distinguish between yeah it's just occurred to me that a curiosity do you think in curiosity naturally comes with a uh, caveat that it may be fleeting in a way that mm. interest doesn't if you have an interest mm. in something mm. that is a sustained yeah. um, focus or or um, you know spotlight on an area whereas curiosity yeah. The word implies this might not last. Yeah. It might not even get to a verbal question. Yeah. It might just be, here's a slight, I know we said we were finished. Here's a slight thing. Do you have an, my wife asked me the other day, do you have an internal monologue? And I said, what are you on about? And she said, when I'm stood doing the washing up, mm. in her head, her thoughts are like a novel. Mm-hmm. So she has like, she in full hears herself in her head go, I wonder what Lewis is going to do, and I maybe will have that for breakfast. And then, actually, I wonder if I need to cut the potatoes up for dinner. And I was oh like, no, I absolutely don't have that. I don't know. The, the thought is just, like, ethereal. Yeah. It's not a, like an audiobook in my head. She was like, oh, it's an audiobook in my head all the time. She was like, that's absolutely knackering. Mm. Do you... I would say sometimes I'm aware of it and sometimes I'm not. And sometimes, and you know when you're aware of it, when you say it out loud when you're by yourself. So I was no, I driving in the car. I bet you do. I was driving in the car the other day and I was listening. So I've got a guilty secret that when I leave work, yeah. my radio is trained. Radio 2. And so I yeah, end up listening you're to old. Radio 2 in you're the old. afternoon of my car. Um, <laughs> with, what's his name? Today our phone and subject are eggs and elephants should they be banned that guy um and he was interviewing jay rayner and it turned out that jay rayner is claire rayner's son and i did not know that you don't even know who either of these people are mm. but claire rayner was on telly and she used to talk about like sex education a lot and um and jay rayner was on masterchef and he's like a restaurant critic okay. but i was so dumbfounded by this idea that out loud by myself i was like what oh my god Jay Rayner is Claire Rayner's son squirrels um, and I said that out loud and I thought that was quite weird Lewis can hear a tractor I can hear a tractor very very close it's probably just in the field there it's probably about to start muck spreading yay oh, no, no, it's home time it is home time okay cool bye bye guys